2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com all
3: right pharrell back for hour two like you read about everybody's doing it they just won't admit it it's coast to coast on SportsGrid. we're everywhere now listen uh, and it was pretty easy, I got to say, spreading it everywhere, all over, everywhere. Everyone knows us everywhere now. We're unavoidable. And it was pretty easy taking over. It was kind of like a gladiator-type move where he just came in, kicked ass, took names, took over, took the women and children, and then ate grapes and drank wine by the barrel. I just wanted to say that. Mafia is here for our UFC segment. And I got to tell you, uh, first of all, uh, Adesanya Costa is going to be fantastic. And they're back in uh, Abu Farella Dabi at Fight Island, whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is they're going to be in the uh, Farellagón Gun fighting. I don't care where they are. But they are in the Middle East. And they're back there. And everybody's uh, shipped off and, and gone there. First, let me ask you, how long did they leave, like, the people that were fighting in this fight? they How long ago did they leave to get ready for this, like, long before the fights that we saw, like, Saturday, right, in uh, the Apex?
4: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on certain people when they get there and things like that, but I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, left probably before that fight card ever started because, you know, they get there sometime the week week and a half before or so, get tested in Vegas because you have to stay in Vegas for, you know, like 48 hours, make sure you're clear before they send you over to the Middle East. Unless, you know, if you're coming from other areas, they might test you there. Like, you know, Adesanya might have tested where he's camped or some of these other Costa might have tested in Brazil or something like that, depending on where they are. But they have to test you beforehand before they even send you over to Abu Dhabi. So I'm sure a bunch of them came here and they got tested for a couple days and then, you know, probably flew out by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere around there. I mean, I'm sure Dana, of course, Might have been around and flew out later on. But yeah, everyone's been there for a couple days at the very least because they got to do the 48 hour quarantine. You got to do media stuff. You got to do workouts. You got to cut your weight. So yeah, they've all been there for a while.
3: All right. So let me ask you this question We've heard all about how Mm -hmm. big this fight is for a while. We've been uh, sold the bill of goods. We both know how dangerous these fighters are. But I think it's pretty obvious that Adesanya gets most of the juice, more than Costa. And this guy is no joke. He is a dangerous, violent man who can do serious damage. I don't care who he's fighting. Uh, This guy, Costa, is uh, nasty. He means business.
4: He does. And that's why, you know, Adesanya feels like this is kind of the perfect fight for him, even though some people might say, hey, this guy's dangerous. You know, he's not... Obviously, he's not a guy that's going to be disrespectful to the point of not taking this guy seriously. He knows where he's at. He knows it's a title fight. He knows Costa's undefeated and a badass. I mean, the thing for uh, him, though, is that the last side against Romero, people were giving him a, a lot of heat for it because it was a boring fight. And partly that's his fault because, you know, it takes two to tango. But also, Romero didn't want to get in there and come at him. He didn't want to come forward and take the chance of eating those elbows, eating those crazy strikes, eating those kicks that Adesanya throws because he's a counter striker. So Costa is not a guy who's going to play that same game. Costas not going to sit back like Romero and kind of hope that Adesani comes to him. He's going to come forward. He's going to eat all the shots you can give him because he doesn't think you're going to knock him out. And then he's going to try to get his hands on you and just brutalize you. That's his whole thing. You know, he's a big guy. He's jacked. He's crazy. And he's just going to march forward and try to beat you down. And all five rounds, although he's never gone that far, this is the first time he's going to go that far, but he's going to go, you know, for the, as long as he's in that cage, He's just going to keep coming at you. So that plays well for Adesanya and it's going to make this fight interesting. It's not going to be a situation where they're both going to stick and You know, we're going to watch and see who makes the first move. We know who's going to make the first move is Kosta because he's not scared. He's coming forward to hurt you and we'll see how Adesanya reacts.
3: Wow. I can't wait for this fight. Uh, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates, uh, Sports Grid radio app. You got to get it. It carries everything on the radio side, the Sports Grid TV side i think you'll uh, find it fantastic we have it's 24 7. it's just gandhi you gotta get it go to sportsgridradio.com for any skinny on the network you got overnights with pharrell on a bench and sports rage with morency bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel check us out we have a youtube page you can watch us do the shows just search sports grid radio we're also on the kick-ass mightier 1090 in san diego and all of southern california what up kid west side all right, Mafia, let me ask you. Uh, Dominic Reyes is, speaking of bad mother Ellers. this guy, he actually, um, you know, tell me about this guy that he's fighting, first of all. Uh, and then uh, second of all, I thought Reyes beat John Jones, and he got shafted in their light heavyweight uh, title. This is the belt that Jones vacated that's up for grabs in this uh, huge lightweight, uh, light heavy uh, brawl.
4: It is, and it's the that John Jones has ruled forever. And, you know, this is a situation where a lot of people are questioning this, just like when Jones was suspended and stripped and, and Cormier came in here and won. You know, the question is, like, is this going to loom over it? Is, you know, whoever wins this belt, are people still going to say, well, you know, he didn't beat Jones to get it, that that's going to be the ghost that's always there haunting this division? And that's not fair because Dominic Reyes should have that belt already. You know, there's a couple times that John Jones – Possibly should have lost or could have lost the fight. You know, there's of course, the Gustafson fight years and years ago. There was, you know, people said Santos was pretty close to beating him. Tiago Santos. You know, it was a tough fight for him. But he probably won that just slightly. Dominic Reyes beat him. Dana said it. Everyone said it after the fight, everyone except John Jones, that Dominic Reyes beat him. He should have outpointed him. He should have won that fight. And the judges just screwed it up, as they do from time to time. When you leave him in the hands of the judges, there's always that risk. And John Jones being the champ forever, they left it in his hands, and it shouldn't have been. So I think Dominic Reyes, even though, you know, it's not him beating Jones to get the belt, I think if he wins this fight against Blachowicz, it's not a situation where you say, oh, well, you know, John Jones wasn't there, so it doesn't count. The guy beat Jones. He faced Jones. He went the distance. It's going to be a fun striking fight between these two guys. Both these guys like to mix it up. It's going to be another one that's going to be fun to watch. Both these top two fights are going to be awesome.
3: Well, I think Reyes will end up the champ. I wonder how long he'll be the champ. Blachowicz uh, is a guy uh, that I don't know anything about. It's hard for me to bet on the guy. I I just don't know enough about him. We'll talk more about Fight Island the rest of the week on Coast to Coast.
0: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, Pharrell, back on uh, Coast to Coast. We got a lot of pain day skinny for you on the show today. Let's start it off with uh, last night's big game in Vegas for the Raiders. I have to tell you, uh, Carver High, just off the jump. Like they deserved to win. I take nothing away from it. It was impressive. I thought uh, Carr lit it up with his tight end. Uh, they looked fantastic and everything. but I, I mean, just the overreaction to the Raiders winning a football game in you know week two of the NFL season, you would have thought they just won the Super Bowl the way they treated the media ESPN, I mean, it was like a porno after that game. Uh, watching them on their knees for the Raiders. And, I mean, it, it was one game. You would have thought they'd won 30 straight and, and won a Super Bowl. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, calm down. Oh, what an overreaction. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Nice job by Are the ref, not- too, handing him the game on that pass. interference. Yeah. The guy threw the flag from 30 yards away. That should be – he should be uh, suspended. I don't I, – honestly, I cannot have a ref – that is 30 yards away from the play make the call when the guy on top of the call five yards away watching the entire thing doesn't call pass interference. Nobody thought it was pass interference except a guy 30 yards away, that's a joke. And the fact that no one talked about it, that bad call, I heard a couple people say, uh, I heard a guy this morning on TV say that was a tough call. Tough call, it ruined the game. And, and I mean, <laughs> they would've got the ball back with 208 left, two minute drill, Breeze goes down, let's say, ties it up, they go to overtime. It could have been the game of the year. Instead, they let him have the ball, kick a field goal, and win the game, and then they had a glory post-game show that lasted for 16 hours. Screw the Raiders.
5: Well, like I was gonna say to you, I thought the Raiders absolutely deserved to win the game, but that was a tough call at the end. Just like your tough. friend this morning, I thought that was a tough call at the end. Horrendous. But the Raiders play the Raiders did play well enough to win the game. I thought that they deserved to win. Thirty-four to twenty-four. They get the bomb field goal there at the end from uh, from Carlson to extend it to a ten-point lead. Uh, let's hear first, Scotty, from Derek Carr. Of course, the Raiders now two and zero, but they cannot get too crazy. They have a trip to Foxborough coming up this Sunday. Here's Carr.
4: If we want to, you know, be all excited and, you know, you know, feel good about ourselves because people are saying nice things now uh, and all that kind of stuff, then we're going go to the Patriots on a short week and lose, you know. Um and so, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. But uh going on a going on a short week to the Patriots, we can't I mean, it feels good, yes, high fives go around, but Coach Belichick has a has a day up on me already. You know, I gotta get to studying.
3: I mean, are you kidding me, this guy? Did you see him on the field? I thought the kid was in fifth grade. I thought he was going to do a backflip when they won the game. And now he's acting like it's no big deal. Uh, We got to get focused on the Patriots. Who's he kidding? I mean, is anyone drinking that Kool-Aid? He was so happy he signed his name on the building. He was, like, autographing a piece of cement after the game. Like, don't fool yourself. This guy freaked out that they won. The whole team freaked out. Did you see the celebration that they had in the locker room? I mean, it was embarrassing. Yeah. I, in my opinion, like,
5: Choreograph calm down.
3: It, it just, you won one game. I mean, and the Saints, talk about taking a night off. I mean, they played like they were on heroin.
5: Yes, they did. It was pretty cool, though, Scotty, to see uh, Allegiant Stadium and see NFL on the Las Vegas Strip. It'll be a lot better, obviously, once they get fans into that building. But it was cool for all the years of how the NFL was so no, no, no. When it came to Las Vegas to see an NFL game happening on the Las Vegas strip. That was pretty cool. John Gruden apologized after the game about not wearing the mask. I know you saw this last night. They fined a whole bunch of these guys, a hundred grand. Fangio, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, all these coaches that weren't wearing the masks on the sideline. Gruden is probably going to get his uh, bill in the mail today when it comes to not wearing the mask. Let's get to the sane side of it. Because, like you said, Scotty, they did not play very well last night. Here is quarterback Drew Brees. He says, Don't worry, there's nothing wrong. We're going to be just fine.
1: Two out of seven possessions, you know, should have resulted in some points. And so, in a game like this, man, those are valuable. You got to have it. You just have to have it. So, um, are we totally in sync right now? No, we're not. We're not even close to what we are capable of. Not even close. Um, we did some good things tonight early on, but it just, uh, just wasn't enough for the, the few opportunities we had. We needed to take better advantage of that.
3: Well, you know what they say, um, you know, athletes like boxers, they never uh, think they're finished. They never think they're washed. Players, baseball players, think they got another couple years in them. You know, uh, this guy has clearly got the blinders on. Because Father Time was inside that helmet last night. It was written all over his face. And if that wasn't enough evidence for you, take a look at him. He didn't throw one pass over 20 yards. I mean, it was dink city. He was throwing four-yard passes all night. You can blame it all you want on Mike Thomas not being there. Drew Brees, don't be fooled by the numbers, 26, 38, 312, a pick. That was the worst interception I've ever seen that guy throw in my life. And I saw him play at Purdue against Indiana back in the day. So I've never seen him throw a worse pass. Believe me you, Father Time creeped into the scene last night. No one wants to – certainly not him. He's not going to talk about it. He thinks they're fine. Let me tell you what. It's already obvious to me that everyone that has written them into the Super Bowl – to me, they drop down to like fourth or fifth right now in the NFC. There's better teams, and that's just all there is to it. And you could sit here and talk about a number. The best game of the week is the Rams and Bills. No one respects the Bills. No one respects the Rams. And, and how about Arizona? Who can stop Kyler Murray right now? And you're going to tell me that old man Drew Brees looks better than him? Drew Brees looked like a deer in the headlights last night for the first time in 20 years.
5: He did not look good. You're 100% right. He does not throw the ball. 20 might be a stretch. I don't think he throws it more than 15 yards in the air anymore. He he tries to get all his guys to do the work for him. Let's get to a couple other teams. The 49ers have major problems, Scotty, as we know. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, they're done for the year, both of them with torn ACLs. They're optimistic that they're going to get Jimmy G back for Sunday at the Giants. Tevin Coleman, running back, is going to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. They don't expect to have D. Ford back. When they play the Giants this Sunday, here is head coach Kyle Shanahan. Basically, Scotty, everybody has to step up with all these injuries.
4: Um, um I mean, you can't do it with one guy. Everyone's got to
6: step it up. I mean, everyone knows how great of a player Nick is. Um, teams do go through this. You know, we, we lost our quarterback at the beginning of the year two years ago. You know, you look at things like Denver losing a player like Bond before the season started. Um, so it's all very similar to losing a guy like Nick. So I think we all understand that. Um, but the thing that makes you excited is about that is that we do have a lot of good players on our team, um, players that people know about who I think can still get better. And I also think there's a lot of people that people don't know about, um, who this opens up opportunities for can get better. So, um, yeah, you lose a great guy like that. It's tough. Um, but you can look in our rooms and stuff and know that we still got a lot of guys out there who can go play good football and give us a chance to win every game that we show up for.
3: Well, look. You can buy that bill of goods, or you can realize their entire team is not playing in this game. I don't buy any of it, Garoppolo, any of them. D. Ford, he's going to be out. They're all going to miss the game. They're going with the worst of the worst that they got on the sideline, believe me you. And if this were a normal game against the Giants, it'd be seven at least the spread. The number's four and a half for a reason. If I'm Joe Judge, Joe Dirt, here's what I'm going to do in this game. It's simple. Daniel Jones drops back and throws it 55 times all day, every day, and the Giants will be in this game. Forget about Barkley. That's over with. Forget about Deion Lewis. He's a hack. Drop back and start slinging it. None of his receivers are injured. Start throwing that ball down the Niners' throat, and you'll have a chance to win the game. The Niners are in big trouble with all these injuries. In fact, I'm willing to say it right now. Their season's going down the drain because, like, you're going to tell me they're not going to have any more injuries? It's week two, for Christ's sakes. What are they going to have by week eight? Are they going to have a team on the field? Are they going to be playing with a practice squad? Because that's where they're headed. It's the Super Bowl hangover times ten. Injuries are ruining the Niners' season. It's going down the drain.
5: And not only that, Scotty, they're in a division with three other teams already at 2-0 and in the Seahawks, the Cardinals and the Rams. All three teams 2-0, so they're in the wrong division to have something like this go on. We'll skip on Joe Judge. Basically, Scotty, he said that he's not going to let this season spiral out of control despite not having Saquon Barkley. They did today, Scotty signed Devonta Freeman, former Falcons running back. He just needs to pass his COVID test.
3: I told Adam Kaplan yesterday they should call that agent right now and don't let the Eagles get him. Give him whatever he wants and sign Freeman and they did Boogie man, listen to him. Cam Stewart's my boy, up in <laughs> Toronto. Check out game time decision. Stop of the hour. I love that dude. Uh, the boogie man with <laughs> his eight and eleven record. He's got boogers, all right uh anyway uh the sharks are the boogers caught in his nose anyway good luck with that team i I can't believe that's what happens when you lose to the penguins in the stanley cup finals you go to hell in a bucket all right so uh joe P. of fantasy sports today and fantasy game day on sports grid our boy joe p is on coast to coast joseph how you doing buddy i hope all's well
6: yeah i'm doing all right man i'm just lucky that i didn't get carted off on sunday because it was pretty brutal weekend there's no doubt about that
3: no doubt. All right, here's what I want to do. I got a million things I want to talk to you about. So I have three clips I want to run and get your react to each one of them. First, I'm going to do uh, Peterson, then I'm going to do uh, Zimmer, and then I'm going to do uh, Bill O'Brien. Can we start with Doug Peterson uh, talking about why uh, basically Carson Wentz sucks?
4: You know, it's a good question. Um, you know, for us, it's a matter of continuing to work, continuing – you know, uh, I think I think as coaches and players, we continue to strive to get better every single day. You know, I, I just don't want Carson to feel like he has to make all the plays every single time. I just want him to to just be Carson. You know, and 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 you guys know him. You've been around him. You've heard him. You know his his demeanor. Is he want he wants to do everything right? And we've given him control to do that. And and um, you know, but we just got to continue to work to get better. And I don't think anybody can totally master you know uh, the sport you're constantly learning and, and getting better and, and that's what that's what we got to do and continue to to coach that
3: well joe i gotta tell you if you're a fantasy guy and you have carson wentz uh you know i look for where you hide the gun because you're you're about done with this guy what do you think <laughs> of how bad he's been and how bad they've been
6: uh, well, look. Up until you know this season, he was the only guy last year as QB one to throw a touchdown in every single game last year. That means not Russell Wilson, not Lamar Jackson, not Mahomes. None of those guys did that except Carson Wentz. He broke a streak of twenty-one games in a row with a touchdown pass this past week. And look, I would imagine they're going to play better at some point in the NFL. O-line hasn't been great. the Receivers haven't been great, but they weren't great last year. So what's the difference here? What's really changed? And the answer is nothing right now. So you got to hope the Eagles are one of the better 0-2 teams. But I think for them, they got to get Carson Wentz moving out of the pocket a little bit because that's what you got to do. I mean, you hate to cut the field in half, but at the same time, if that's going to keep them upright in these games, then that's what you want to do going forward. But the good news is you got a lot of quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues that are emerging you got Gardner, Minshew, basically you know opting out right now as a, as a as a top 12 quarterback you've got Joe Burrow who looks spectacular on Thursday night and he's playing the Eagles this week right. I'd rather be starting Burrow this week than I would honestly starting Carson Wentz at least you're gonna get some rushing yards attached to it and you know that the Cincinnati defense is bad they're gonna be constantly having to score points too and look at Cam Newton I'm mean, this is a guy who was barely drafted in single quarterback leagues and he's the third quarterback overall in fantasy right now so you have options I would sit Carson Wentz if you have that luxury but Right now, I think guys like Joe Burrow, Minshew, Newton, those are all guys that are viable options to be playing over him right now.
3: All right, let's go to Mike Zimmer uh, talking about his stinky quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and his crappy (laughs) offense.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, we got to get back to being who we are uh, as a football team, not so much just offense or defense, but we've made too many mistakes. We've had uh, turnovers, uh, penalties. If you go back and look at the times that we've been here, The identity of our team has always been tough and physical and smart and uh, not beating ourselves, and so we're going to have to fix that.
3: Yeah, he's right about one thing. They're getting back to who they are, which is terrible. Uh, They've never done anything uh, since they went to four Super Bowls and lost all of them, and when they go to playoff games now, they lose. I can't even believe they won a playoff game last year. What do you think of this terrible team?
6: Oh, well, you know, in 2020, we've learned a new phrase. It's called super spreader event, right? You know, when you have the big rallies and things <laughs> like that. And that's what Carson, that, that's what that's what uh, Cook Peasants <laughs> is right now. He's a super spreader. He goes around there in Indianapolis and he just throws picks to everybody. So he is the human super spreader event right now. And until he gets that under control, that's wow. it. Like, and, and here's the funny part. If you recall last September, we were having the exact same conversation, not you and I, but everybody else about Kirk Cousins, right. and he was terrible in the month of September. And all of a sudden, he went on a run about eight games in a row where he had literally the same statistics as Russell Wilson, who was being considered as the MVP. And then what happened? He tanked at the end of the year. So at some point in time, it's not impossible that Kirk Cousins turns things around here. But I think the combination of a couple injuries on defense, the combination of a couple, uh, obviously the loss of Stefan Diggs might be bigger than we realized. Dalvin Cook will always be good. There's no doubt about that. But until Kirk Cousins can take care of the football better and that defense starts to show a little bit of guts, I thought they were going to show up after getting spanked in the first week, but they did not. It was the opposite this week. And I don't know if there's an answer for it right now because the identity of this team was run the football, play defense. Well, they were on the football. But right now, they're not playing defense, and that's a big problem, and it better start playing defense pretty soon. Otherwise, it's going to get even uglier. And if they go to 0-3, 0-4, then the season's over for them.
3: You know, they've never made the playoffs starting 0-2. All right, so Bill O'Brien, speaking of 0-2, the Texans got shredded by the Ravens. They play in Pittsburgh. Here's Bill O'Brien talking about uh, there's tons of time left to fix this
4: it's the question that we have to answer. We we've got to um, we've got to realize that it's a long season, but we also have to realize that, uh, you know, we have to play a lot better to be in that, in that category, but we got to take it one day at a time, one week at a time. Um, you know, we've been in this position before, unfortunately, we we've, 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 Many times we've gotten out of this position, but but it's a different year. So you know, we just have to improve in every area, Brian. That's pretty much all I can tell you. Like everybody's got to do better, and, and uh, but we realize that it's a long season, and so the balance between who we played and where we're at. You know, we got a lot of a lot of games left and a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done.
3: Oh, my God. He said there were so many games left and work to be done and season left so many different times. I thought I was on a carousel at the carnival, honestly. (laughs) But I think that Watson can beat the Steelers this week. Desperate teams that are 0-2 like the Vikings, like the Texans, like the Lions. They all had better win this week, or they can just forget about it, start tanking for Trevor. Uh, That's how bad it is. Philly, uh, there's no denying it. Do you think the Texans can turn it around against the Steelers blitz?
6: Well, look, Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. So, of course, he has that opportunity. My concern is that blitz. Bud Dupree is just killing people out there right now. He's just murdering guys left and right. And Ah. it's been a really difficult open to the season for them. I mean, think about this. They had to go on the road to play Kansas City in the home opener, right? in in a world of COVID without a preseason. Then they had to play Baltimore at home, a team that crushed them last year. And now they have to go into Pittsburgh and play that defense. After this, the schedule gets better for the Texans. So even if they went, zero and three of all the, zero and two teams right now, I think they are the best one. They're just kind of running up against teams that happen to be better than them in the AFC right now. If I ask you to rank the best three teams in the AFC, it's probably the first three teams that the Texans are playing, right? And that's kind of unfortunate, but eventually they're going to play Indianapolis. They're going to play some of the teams in their division, Jacksonville, and they're going to, I think, be able to raise that win total. But I mean, if you're Bill O'Brien, I think the bigger concern is you keep watching every uh, every afternoon, DeAndre Hopkins catching touchdowns and you keep, uh, I don't know, having to wonder why you're in the position you're in.
3: Hey, Joe, uh, if you have McCaffrey, Barkley or Mostert, what do you do in fantasy?
6: Uh, Candle and church, uh, I'll tell you what, this is what you got to (laughs) do. You have to basically at this point in time, look at your roster and see where the strengths of your roster is. Now, there's a lot of guys this week to pick up. Uh, Joshua Kelly's owning about 30 something percent of leagues. Same thing with Daryl Henderson. Those guys, I think, will be good enough stopgaps. In the meantime and then if you're looking around too i understand that the giant situation's fluid and maybe devonta freeman's the answer it's not dion lewis i'm telling you it's not he was a guy that was a benefit of that patriot system for years it's been three years removed from it and he hasn't done anything and that was with vrabel who was part of the patriots at one point in time and i know joe judds is also part of the patriots at one time too but i wouldn't be banking on him either What I'd be looking to do is look at the rest of my roster and where can I make some moves and potential trades. If you have some tight ends, like let's say you own Zach Ertz, right? He's still a big name. He's not performing real well. There's a lot of tight ends on the Y right now. There's Dalton Schultz. There's Drew Sample. uh, There's Moelle Cox. You can grab one of those guys, plug and play them, trade Ertz for maybe a Ronald Jones type or maybe a DeAndre Swift. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, second half of the season, you catch lightning in a bottle with Swift or somebody like that. And you're able to then build on that because you can't replace... McCaffrey or Saquon, and you're not going to replace them on the waiver wire. There's only stop gaps like McKinnon, Henderson, and those kind of guys. And that's fine for now, but you kind of have to see the field a little bit bigger and see, well, what's going on right now? Oh, there's guys on the waiver wire. I can pick up. Nikhil kill Harry's useful. Gage is useful. I have a surplus of wide receivers deal from the strength a little bit. You have and try to get somebody that's at least a one a with upside running back, somebody like that. And I think that's the best thing you can do because you're not going to replace Saquon or CMC on the waiver wire
3: do you chill if you have michael thomas and and what if you have Cortland sutton
6: well look the good news is two of the guys i just mentioned out there are you know out there and can replace in short period of time you chill if you have michael thomas because you hope that you get him back probably in two weeks or so maybe three at the worst but Nikhil harry's target volume's gone way up david moore's got 22 targets aj green has 22 targets hardly any catches this year but i'm telling you it's this close if you're watching the games you're just waiting for these two to get together because he is looking for him time and time again. It is only a matter of time, and it might be this week against the Eagles where it comes to fruition. But Gage, uh, Corey Davis has stepped up. A.J. Brown's probably going to be out again. There's plenty of guys out there wide receiver-wise to you can at least tread water, but you're not replacing Michael Thomas either, but for a short period of time, you can at least get a good floor of points from some of these guys that are getting high target volume, and you play for that in the PPR, and if they get a touchdown, well, that's just a bonus then.
3: I got 30 seconds respectfully. How great do you think Josh Allen has been? Uh,
6: he's been terrific. I mean, I did not see the Stefan Diggs renaissance here coming, but look, he has been terrific. So right now you got to just take what you can get from it. It's going great.
3: What do you think real quick, uh, Baltimore, Kansas City, and that uh, big game this week?
6: Uh, uh, I just want to sit back and watch it. I don't want anything to do with it wager wise because I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, but man, it's going to be a fun one to watch.
3: Listen, don't go soft on me, Joe. Who are you betting on?
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man. I, it's hard to go against the Chiefs anytime time right now. It really is. But that Baltimore D's, dude. If I have to go, I'm probably going to lean with the D in Baltimore because I think that D's just a little bit better right now. And they are looking for a little revenge right now. They got, they got it handed to them in the playoffs. They need to show up and uh, look a little tougher this year.
3: All right, Joe, good stuff. More on Coast to Coast coming up. Well, I agree with all that because you're the face of the franchise and everything, except that you're not going to be playing for a month, so you're going to get your ass beat in all those games that you're not playing because you're the only player on a team that does anything anyway, so your season is finished. So thanks for all that waste of time uh, as the voice of the franchise. It's not going to go well this year. Everybody knows it. Vegas knows it. You know it. I know it. He knows it. He's just lying through his teeth, Carver. I.
5: Yes, he is. The Broncos hope to have Drew Locke back by week eight, their bye week. They did sign Blake Bortles, Scotty. Of course, they have Driscoll right now. (laughs) They did sign Blake Bortles. Uh, He's going to be in the quarterback room now uh, for Vic Fangio and the Broncos. Peter King uh, said in his column, Scotty, what all of us are already thinking, and that is that Matt Patricia is not long for the head coaching job of the Detroit Lions, they've lost eleven straight. I think they've lost four in a row with a double-digit lead. Uh, only a matter of time for Patricia. Listen, they better—they got a game against the Cardinals this Sunday. A team that's playing really well. Um, I could see them getting whacked again here, Scotty.
3: Look. I- Did I not just go through this yesterday with Adam Kaplan? And God bless Adam. He's a great uh, NFL knowledge insider, skinny. He's got it all. But he said, I don't talk about coaches getting fired. I'm like, okay, well, then I will. Dan Quinn, Patricia, both get fired. (laughs) It's happening. It's inevitable. It's automatic. So I don't need – and I'm good friends with Peter. I don't need Peter. I don't need anybody to hold my hand. I got the stones right here. Satchel Paige. They're both getting whacked. I would have whacked – Quinn, at the end of last season, I'm never nice when I'm the owner, just because you had a nice finish in the last six games after you sucked the entire season, and then you bring him back, and then they start the season by blowing a twenty-point lead against the Cowboys. I would have fired him on the plane ride home. I don't care how many people like him. Uh, everyone in the media in Atlanta loves this guy and kisses his feet. It's it's laughable. It's ridiculous. And Patricia. Speaking of fat, he's a mess. His losing record's getting fatter than he is. Uh, He's got to go. I mean, they got to get rid of him before the bye. They got to get rid of him. They cannot let him coach on Thanksgiving Day. It's already bad enough watching the football team play.
5: Tyrod Taylor, remember, he did not start for the Chargers on Sunday. That, Scotty was from complications of a pregame injection that he took for a rib injury that he has. So that's a scary situation for Tyrod. Still no word if he's going to start against the Panthers this Sunday. You I mentioned love the Falcons. Yes, I
3: love them. You I get the- them all the time <laughs> in my feet. Eight-inch needles. You got to be a man to shove that big eight-incher right into the bottom of your heel. That'll make a man out of you. And he got it right in a rib cage. Trust me, I had uh, torn rib cartilage And uh, when I injured my reputator cuff and labor, my tore everything and my ribs. I mean, the ribs hurt worse than death. I would have rather, I swear to God, been beaten by a baseball bat in the skull than the pain of having to move, get out of bed, get out of a car, get out of a chair with rib cartilage tears, and you'll find out how much of a wussy you really are, girly man.
5: The Falcons will have fans at Mercedes-Benz starting on October 11th, so they'll have a few fans in there uh, fans. They'll have have that to boo Dan Quinn if he is still the coach. Uh, Sunday, Scotty, did you see this? It was a bloodbath for the Vegas sportsbooks. Only one underdog won outright. They did get saved though on they did get saved Monday night because of the Raiders beating the Saints. There was a lot of money line parlays with the Saints, teasers with the Saints. So the Vegas uh, did take it on the chin on Sunday. What a oh,
3: shame! Right? Oh, oh, what a shame! Uh, what a shame! <laughs> the the multi billion dollar sports book industry uh, got bent over and spanked and called Charlie. Oh, uh, what a shame! Oh, I'm crying! Oh, it was so uh, drastic. And then you know, here's the reality: they won back money last night, but it didn't cover the beating they took on Sunday. So let's stop with one game covers the losses. They got it hard. And fast. And it's a beautiful thing. Are we not in the business of beating the book? Screw the book. I want to beat the book every time. What do I care what their problems are? Are you kidding me? Cry me a river. Oh, Oh, the sports book lost money. How funny is that? Are you listening to this? The sports book is that not what we're all into? Is beating the book? They beat our ass every day of the year and take all of our money, and we're not allowed to have a big day. Screw that! How's that taste?
5: Speaking of beating the book, let's take a first. I can't even believe
3: this. I can't even believe. Let's take. I I can't even. I don't want to listen to this.
5: Let's take a first look at how we're going to beat the book. Next week, Scotty, week three, the lines, and that starts with Thursday night, a barn burner. The Dolphins and the Jaguars, I'm excited right now. Jags minus two and a half, Bears, Falcons on Sunday, Bengals and Eagles. There's your Texan and Steeler matchup, scary, minus four for the Steelers right now, Scotty.
3: Look, I think it's going to be, you know, 13 or 14 favorites won. So the the books bled to death, right? So you know what they're going to do to you this week is they're going to sleep with your wife. That's what they're going to do this week. They're going to sleep with your wife. They're going to take your girlfriend on a trip to the Caribbean, and they're not coming back. And you're paying for everything, the booze, the food, the drugs, the sex, all of it. It, it, They're taking your money this week. So trust me you when I tell you there's going to be chaos in these games. I think the Steelers could lose outright. I think, uh, you know, uh, you're looking at all kinds of teams. The Vikings, home dogs, completely. They're not going to keep losing every game they play. The Niners don't even have a team. Uh, they might get covered on the back door by the G Men. Uh, the Jets are getting double figures. The Panthers getting seven against the Chargers. How much of a toll did that loss to the Chiefs take on the Chargers? Denver at home getting a boatload of points. The Lions getting a boatload of points against Arizona. The whole world's going to bet on Arizona. Everyone and their brother's going to bet on them to win that game. So what do you think they're going to do there? They're going to sleep with your wife. Uh, You know, I see very few favorites this week winning. Believe it or not, Atlanta is one of them. Honestly, if they lose this week, which they won't, they're going to win and cover to three and a hook. They're going to win because if they lose this week, uh, you know, Arthur Blank might fold the franchise. He built that billion-dollar stadium, and all they do is lose. It's got to stop. You cannot lose again. Atlanta has to win more than any team in the NFL this week. And if they don't win, they're going to pack it in. They're done. They're, they're going to fire everybody. They'll fire Thomas. They'll fire Quinn. He'll, he'll fire Matt Ryan. They're going to fire everybody.
5: And the game of the week, which we're going to talk about a lot, over the next few days is on Monday night. The Chiefs and the Ravens right now. Ravens minus three. We will get to that more later on. Uh, college football, Scott. We've got a lot to do. We haven't done a lot of college football the last couple days. And already my Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they are not going to be playing on Saturday. They were supposed to play Wake Forest. They have a bunch of positive COVID tests. So that 13. game has been wiped. Yep, that game has now been wiped off the board. Um, We thought that this was something that could potentially happen, and uh, here you go. You get a big college football game that is not going to be played on Saturday.
3: Well, it's horrible because uh, I actually think that was going to be a game. I know Notre Dame's kicking everybody's ass. All of a sudden, they put 52 on USF. I don't think they're putting 52 on on Wake Forest. Wake Forest gave NC State all they could handle. They're a decent team. Uh, They've been to four straight bowl games. I think that would have been a game in Winston-Salem, but they're not playing, so it's a wash. But there are so many great teams playing. Oklahoma, Florida, Auburn, uh, UCF, Louisville. Uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. LSU's playing. Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, Georgia plays. Virginia, BC, Bama plays. Uh, A&M plays, Miami against Florida State. Baylor's playing, Bob Tech's playing, BYU's playing. There are so many great games. That West Virginia-Oklahoma game I think will be fun. Uh, Texas, Texas Tech. I think the Red Raiders have been a huge disappointment out of the gates. I think Florida's going to beat Lane Kiffin's ass. And there's uh, – I love Miami. Alabama's going to uh, do a number on Missouri. They're going to wish they were back in Columbia drinking beer by the time they're done with them. Georgia's going to whack Arkansas – Votech, NC State, I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, Georgia uh, breaking out their new quarterback. LSU breaking out a new quarterback. Uh, You got Bama starting Mac Jones. Uh, There's just so many games. College football is where it's at this weekend. And trust me, there's a game Thursday night with South Bama, Friday night with Texas San Antonio. I mean, unbelievable. I may not even talk to my family, literally. I'm going to be so sucked in with college and pro football this weekend, I may forget all of, about the fact that there's NBA and, and Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, I'm gone. Like, Joe P. said light a candle. You people need to light a candle for me because I'm going off the deep end over here betting on games. Going off the deep end, cover high, deep end.
5: You got to have Woo! it. This, re- this is the really the first Saturday when I look at the slate. Like, I really feel like college football. Like, the last couple Saturdays have been nice, but now you're starting to get some some big teams playing each other. I'm going to definitely be into it more. The SEC, Scotty, they're going to use the same NFL contact tracing devices, and it's worked pretty well in the NFL, so the SEC is going to do that. Mountain West is going to try to follow the Big Ten schedule, play eight games, and then play a championship game on December the 19th. I give to you, Scotty, the odds right now – For the Heisman Trophy this year, really quickly, Justin Fields at the top. Ohio State, of course, will start the weekend of October 24th. Derek King is now in the mix at six to one, along with Trevor Lawrence. How about that, Scotty?
3: D King, son, you got to get Derek King in there. Uh, We haven't seen Justin Fields play yet. Everybody's favorite is Trevor Lawrence. You know they're going to hand it to him. But uh, I think right now Derek King has been the best quarterback in college football without a doubt. First of all, Clemson plays Patty Cakes. I mean they it didn't take them long to play uh, Patty Cakes, did it? I mean they are candy as all hell. So give me Derek King and the U. You know it's all about the U baby candy 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 candy.
5: He should be in the lead right now. He if you go just by games that have actually been played King should be in in the lead. Yeah, he should be right there. Uh, Let's go to Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty, has made a warning basically to all the people that run the Masters. He's going to put on some more weight. He's going to work with a new driver, and he's going to get even more distance before he gets to Augusta. In November, of course, we have two Masters in like the next six months, November and then again in April, and DeChambeau is looking to uh, improve off of that U.S. Open win last weekend.
3: He's going to go from 235 to 245 or 50. Uh, He rattled off his sponsors like a NASCAR driver after a win in victory lane after that win at the U.S. Open. And He's going to go tee to green on every single shot at the Masters in November. It's going to be a different scene altogether than April. I guarantee you that. And uh, he's just kicking everybody's ass right now. I can't believe DJ went from being that great for a month and a week, five weeks of total domination, and then just didn't matter at Wingfoot. We'll see if he can uh, resurface for the Masters. Until then, who cares about golf? Give me the Masters. Until then, who cares? I don't care what DeChambeau eats every day. Is 50,000 calories. It's fat ass. I don't care. He can hit a golf ball 400 yards, though. It's crazy.
5: Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin create a new NASCAR team, Scotty, and Bubba Wallace is going to be the driver. Jordan getting involved in NASCAR.
3: How about that? Well, I guess he's like really good friends with Denny Hamlin, and so why not spend some of your billions on something cool like Bubba?
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Here's what I'm doing Saturday. College football all day. And then Saturday night, it's stacked. The doubleheader. The Charlo brothers are fighting world title fights. You got to be kidding me! It's unbelievable. There's six fights on these two cards. They're three each with a 30 minute intermission on Showtime pay per view. Seventy four ninety nine. You can't beat it. Charlo, of course. Uh, The brothers, Jermel and Jamal. You got the WBC super welterweight champ, Jermel, taking on WBA and IBF 154-pound champ, Jason Rosario. We're going to see who's the one that matters the most when that's all said and done. And then the undefeated WBC middleweight champ, Jamal Charlo, 30-0, six world title fights for him, four knockouts in those, taking on the Ukraine, Sergei Darienchenko. That's going to be crazy. And then how about this? Three... More title fights on the undercard in the 118 and 122-pound division. These guys all throw hands. Showtime, go to your cable operator, call them and say, give me the Charlo doubleheader or go to the Showtime app or Showtime.com. It starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. They're going to have the three fights under one, then the break for 30 minutes, then they come back with the other three fights. Five title fights in one night on Showtime pay-per-view. It's a beautiful thing, baby. The Charlo doubleheader. Everybody's doing it. All right, Carver Hi. Not much time left here. I want to tell you about a couple of things at the end of the show here. Very important. Uh, a, uh, a Florida decision clears Robert Kraft. Guess you can still go to the old massage parlor and get away with it if you have money. Everybody else goes to jail. Magic Johnson got a restraining order against Willie Frazier. Guy's been stalking him, says he stole his identity. A server lost his surfboard in Hawaii. They found it in the Philippines, 5,000 miles away. That's Gandhi. 90% of restaurants and bars in New York City couldn't pay their August rent. The Emmys rankings tanked. Maybe it's Jimmy's fault. Who knows? Blame the COVID. I'll see you tonight on the bench. Game time decisions next.